talk about revolution that's going a little bit too far. So love me, love me, love me. I'm a little and welcome back to another episode of More Like the Worst Wing, our show where here now in 2022, we take a look back at Aaron Sorkin's seminal work, The West Wing, from a bit more of a modern leftist socialist perspective. I am Dave. And I am Stu. And this episode is entitled The Wake Up Call. So... Remember last episode how we were raving about the fresh energy of the campaign storyline and getting away from the White House and all that? Well, it feels like such a fucking anchor when the show just drags (laughs) us right back to the White House. (laughs) They remind us that we have people in power already. Like, no, no, no. You can't fully escape the roots of the show. This is the West Wing, after all. So we, we come back to the White House and... This episode mainly concerns a couple of things. One is that Iran accidentally shoots down a British passenger airliner because they mistake it for a American spy plane. And that's sort of the main foreign policy crisis of the episode. Yeah, so to to its credit, this is actually like a, a pretty interesting way to frame a problem. Like there's, you know, like they, they get into like SIGINT, problems and like military like readiness stuff and airspace so i i like the the lead-in to this as a conflict so like mm-hmm. good good for mm-hmm. them they, they chose a good way to like introduce this mm-hmm. and so let's just stay on this topic and we'll, we'll explore sure so this get they it gets shot down they thought it was an american spy plane obviously this starts a huge international crisis it's since it was a british airline mostly British passengers, uh, six Americans, but since it's mostly a British deal, guess who returns? Good old Lord John Marbury. (laughs) Yes, everybody's favorite lecherous ambassador, Lord John Marbury, is back. Overall, he is more serious in this episode because it is, like, quote-unquote, a tragedy that is happening, and so he's a little bit more toned down, but he, of course, gets to make some... Good old misogynist, sexist remarks towards uh, Abby and any particular woman who happens to enter his eye eye zone. <laughs> yeah, like, and so it's he is introduced for the first time to Kate Harper because the last time he was at the White House, Nancy was still like the uh, the attaché for national security, and so he just full like fully goes in on like sonnet reading, dumbass English romance. With Kate Harper. Yeah. yeah, and she is having none of it, thankfully. Yes, the, 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 the upside is that she just does not want to deal with shit. Also commiserates with Abby about how much of a fucking lech John Marbury is. <laughs> and Leo, uh, about how much he hates dealing with John Marbury as well. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, John Marbury always called him Gerald as like a running gag. And, and when uh, CJ's like, hey, I'm the new chief of staff, he's like, ah, you're the new Gerald. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is which is great because Leo actually comes back. I mean, we can jump jump ahead and talk, but like mm-hmm. Leo yeah. actually comes back to you know help manage the crisis, like manipulate the people around, whatever. And they're just like, oh, oh, he's just he comes in the room. He goes, I think the line is, "Good Lord in heaven." <laughs> yeah, and he's like, oh, great, Gerald's back. We're getting the whole team back together. <laughs> I mean, and, and yeah, he, he's just having a wonderful time, and everyone is just so sick of his shit. It's great. It's 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 comic, and it's appropriately comic. So, 
with the I mean the big conflict that they introduce is the it's not necessarily that the airliner was shot down. So again, we we've talked about it in the past where it's the oh the the problem isn't that there are material conditions that are threatened or deteriorating. It's the messaging about that occurring that's the real right. crisis here. Right, yes. So there's some diplomatic kind of back and forth of like, well, what's Britain going to do? And Lord John's like, well, they're going to demand an apology. It's like, okay, well, Iran's not going to apologize and because they're going to blame America for flying spy planes to look at them all the yes, time. flying into their them, airspace. <laughs> making them constantly paranoid about having to shoot down airliners. Uh, and so, and then he's like, well, if they don't apologize, we'll bomb the fuck out of them. <laughs> and then, 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 which is great because CJ just assumes they're going to skip right to the bombing part because that's what America would do if this was like the other <laughs> way around. Yep. Like wouldn't even make the token attempt at diplomacy. Um, and so then it's about trying to coax an actual apology or even a vague one out of Iran diplomatically. And they end up doing this at the end by they, they somehow they got like a recording of the Iranian dude, like requesting Iranian air command permission to shoot down what he thought was an American spy plane. And they have a recording of Iranian air command saying, yes, you are cleared to fire. And then being like, ho, 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 so this is embarrassing. They misidentified the plane. Whoa. And if we we expose that on the world stage or just threaten to, then the Iranian president, whose greatest fear in life is being embarrassed, apparently, uh, will immediately apologize so that this does not see the light of day. And hooray, crisis averted. Yeah, they... they kick off the tension with the essentially legitimately apparently we're led to understand that the prime minister of uh the uk at this point is a woman named uh grady g-r-a-t-y um Mm -hmm. and it's it's a fucking thatcher analog like it is 100 percent an iron lady type thing she has the accent she has everything Yeah. yeah yeah she's like female tony blair basically well and 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 she's like getting the warmonger on immediately as soon as this happens. And so, right. It's super stoked to have an excuse to like go bomb the fuck out of Iran. Um, and yeah, so they, they, they end up having this big argument about Bartlett is like, no, you have to give the reformers time, you know, demographics are destiny. And, and eventually they'll just vote in like, you know, an American style democracy. And then we can just export cheeseburgers to them. And then we win. So, and, and the, the, I mean, we, we're all, anybody who's listening to this is familiar with like the any day now trope of like, well, they're yes. spinning up their nuclear centrifuges right. again someday. Right. My favorite thing is Lord John is, he's like, they have missiles that can go 2000 miles. That's halfway <laughs> to London. Halfway. <laughs> no. And the thing is, it'll just attach itself to another missile in midair yeah. and yeah they'll they'll use two and then, then boom you know like piggyback and then they can get there yeah yeah and he's like oh what are you gonna do when iran piggybacks their goddamn missiles together and nukes london huh bartlett huh <laughs> and so this is like this is a familiar old trope and what's actually pretty um it's surprising to me is because if I recall correctly, like back in the days of post 9-11 flailing about in the region, like the United States 
we're we're looking pretty hard for you know like partners quote unquote and allies in the area if you will and i seem to recall and i'm i'm dumb as hell so i might not remember correctly but like a time where there was a rapprochement being developed with iran as a partner in the area i think because of two things a you know they are a nation of certain means in and of themselves but also be a lot of like the elder statesman era so the people who would have been 70 75 in 2005 could very easily recall during their careers a time when iran was a more western quote prosperous nation before you know the the coup in 1970 i should say the reverse coup in 1979 um so this is an it's an interesting time for this because if this show had been recorded in fucking 2019, Iran like the the ambassador would have had fucking horns and right. like like a goatee <laughs> and a pitchfork and everybody would have yeah. been like, "Oh, we got to kill that guy before he leaves the building." Yeah. Basically. Yeah, you got to give me the facts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It would have been a Kelly yeah. cartoon. <laughs> yeah, of like ooh boo evil. But you're right. I do recall at the time there was sort of this push of like I even remember there was like messaging of like, look, Iran good, I Iraq bad. You know, like Iraq is the bad one. We're at war with Iraq, but guys, Iran is the good one. I know their names sound similar. Like I remember messaging kind of coming out about that. Well, and about being like, no, it's the good one that starts with I R A and then has another letter after it. And to to a degree, um, I think if um, again I'm remembering correctly, there was like. Saddam Saddam's ties to you know the in in as much as like <laughs> the the Muslim majority of of the country at at the time was basically like Sunni Muslim like the the Natsek blob looked at Shia countries of which Iran is basically mm-hmm. the one at this mm-hmm. point as a potential enemy of my enemy yeah exactly to to turn it around on him and again i'm I'm pretty well talking out of my ass at this point but it made sense at the time to be like well who can we like engage with to 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 basically get in our corner with this whole Mm -hmm. generational level conflict that we're fomenting over there that we're that we're stirring we're stirring up yeah um yeah, okay, well well put. Uh, let's rope in, like, kind of Bartlett's health issue sure. into this as well, because this is also sort of the other subplot that coincides with the Iran plane shooting down situation, is that it gets brought to him, you know, at, like, 3 a.m., and he was up all night before talking to uh, Christopher it. Lloyd's guest star, <laughs> who we'll get to, we'll get we'll to. Get to. Uh, but he, all that you need to know for now is that he hasn't had much sleep, and therefore, like, it's at one point during the during the crisis, he has to go take a nap. And CJ's like, oh, blah, blah. And, is, and later on, she confronts Abby about it. And they kind of have this argument about, like, well, he's the president. And stuff doesn't happen always on a schedule with president stuff. So if shit goes down at 3 a.m. and we need him right then, you know, I'm going to have to bring it to him at 3 a.m. And when Abby is just like, well, his health can't. He can't do this kind of like back to back, you know, stay up late one night, get woken up at 3 a.m. the next morning kind of thing without without like then going back to sleep right afterwards. And they're like, well, we can't. 
it's just this weird push and pull of like, I don't know, how necessary is the president, I guess, is really the big question that spoils down to. Like, what rooms does he physically need to be in yeah. at what moments? Like, is he necessary for all these bullshit economic, you know, economic meetings that they do that, you know, in in the Oval where they just kind of sit around and they're like, oh, you know, futures are up 2%, Mr. Oh, President. Then the oh, the tariffs well. should be adjusted to, you know. Uh, yeah, like, does he need to be president at all of that, or does he just need to be present for, like, the big shit, the military, like, chief of, you know, chief commander-in-chief shit, or, or like, the, this kind of, like, big foreign policy stuff where, like, the president calling someone, you know, means something that he's doing it, you know? Yeah, the, I mean, honestly, the show plays a lot with the concept of basically President Dad, which is, you know, he's, and, and they, they, he and, is personally running all the knobs yeah. to keep the country going, yeah. you, know, you know, him he's, and his team. He's the God King here, so, yeah. the, this is actually the, it drives me crazy because the, the writers deal with Abby's character in a very, um, free-for-all form. Yeah. Where yeah. the because she comes in here and granted we understand certain things about both their relationship and her relationship to the power in the West Wing has been set for many, many seasons at this point. We have all of this understanding of this thing. And in this episode in particular, <clears throat> she she just she comes in and just starts condescending and demanding things in a I don't know. Cold, it just harsh yeah, way. It just yeah. seems much less like she's Velvet normally Glove. jokey with yeah. them, and like you know, there's more of a camaraderie, familial feel with between her and the staff. Normally, like she would bust Josh's balls and stuff like that, and like this is not that kind of. Abby. No, not yeah. at all. And I, I guess I can understand it. It puts a little bit of a more human spin on it, where it's just like, no, now I am just like animal brain concerned about. Whether my, my husband's husband. going to die, like the person I love the is man. going to die, the man, yeah. yeah, exactly. But it also like the way they write it, she's just like sitting there, fucking everything up, and I mean, I don't, I don't, not really like fucking everything up, just demanding and being mm-hmm. like, you must pull him out of there. But right, or honestly, like, what do you expect is going to happen? He's the goddamn president, like, right, I how much can you actually like protect him from these things? Right. And at this point, you know, there's, there's X months left in his presidency at this point. I I assume it's like 10 or less. And like, she should just be kind of like thinking about that and thinking about, okay, like what can I do to keep him together during these 10 months? And then after he's done being president, then we can actually like devote full time to his care. Yeah, and, kind and of thing. some of it, I mean, it's certainly touching because I would hope that, and I know that, frankly, my wife would be in my corner to this degree right. if I if this was me. But also, right. I mean, I'm just some asshole who works part-time at a liquor store. I'm not the guy well, exactly. calling in nuclear strikes. Right, and the well, the whole point of all of this, of all of our systems and hierarchies and whatever, is that we shouldn't be all dependent on one dude staying alive. Like, this is the reason we have vice presidents. And, like, if the health thing is such an issue, Abby should really just be, be like, hey, look, there's, like, nine months left in your presidency, your legacy secured, why don't you just fucking retire and let fucking VP Bob, Bingo Bob take over for the next nine months 
and just kind of, he can tweak the knobs and then we can focus on your health and you won't die prematurely. Yeah. And so like the, the conflicting priorities make it, make, make for a, a, a bit of a jumbled narrative generally because it's i don't think cj and abby should be antagonists to each other but the episode has set them up as such yeah and they i mean and i I think i remarked at the very beginning where the like the previously on the west wing portion of the show goes out of its way to remind us of a couple times where cj is being frozen out of her day-to-day like responsibilities Mm -hmm. by the the dickhead general when she first became chief of staff yeah it flashes back specifically to that and it's like Abby is like the new version of the general, but he, sh- but no, because she has a good concern. And and also like they are in in past they have been in in sync with each other with mm-hmm. that stuff where CJ understands the stuff, right. that there's probably a way to navigate this space. Right. We just need to make it. I happen. think it was just like three or four episodes ago that they were going over like here's what we're gonna do with his schedule and he's gonna need a nap and like oh boy he's gonna love that but they were talking <laughs> about it and they were working through it and now it seems like yeah it's just well, this hard line well conflict kind of ginned up you you say that and it's ginned up but i think the then ultimately the final or element, this is the reality coming smacking like the fantasy of like oh we'll just manage it you know and this is reality intruding kind well, of thing well there's also the final element of that bartlett himself he has agency like ult- the ultimate agency right. in this conflict right. and he's a fucking asshole about and, it and he's a stubborn fucking yeah. dick yeah <laughs> like, absolutely and is like and is like don't you dare tell me to take a nap and, i'll fucking work myself into a grave <laughs> i need to be on the phone and, god damn it so and so there's this confrontation with cj and the president at the end of the episode which i actually really enjoy looking at even though it's it's connoted negatively in the writing where he comes in and he's just like why didn't you wake me up it's my responsibility to be on the phone with these people because i know them and i think the line is i'm gonna put the clip in here and i'm gonna make a note to put this clip in here do you know how many hours i have set with the iranians with the french with prime minister grady i put in my time i built relationships with these people so that i can know when they're headed for the deep end and i can rein them in which is exactly what i would have done if i were awake this morning because he says 18 minutes. He, needs the he says, I I can rein them in of mm. these other world leaders and just mm-hmm. the, Only the me. absolute hubris and paternalism of this philosophy is striking even for the West Wing. Like, mm-hmm. it is the Teddy Roosevelt keeping the school children like Mm -hmm. educated in the philippines comic Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. in word form yeah he yeah just like the sheer hubris and arrogance to be like only i can do it and to the show's credit cj just says no you fucking couldn't Mm -hmm. go to bed mr president (laughs) yeah which yeah again like how much does he really need to be there for <laughs> yeah which is what kind of but then like if our president is napping half the day away th- isn't that a problem yeah and like, and honestly like this is to a degree and this is this is the world police problem because i i guarantee you and even cj says it like no nah, the british prime minister would have done whatever the fuck she wanted to regardless of whether you are on the phone with her but then that that's the thing that's their problem you like the united states is only you know marginally involved right. 
in this right. conflict. Six, yeah, six Americans were on the plane. It was mostly British people. And, like, look, obviously six Americans dying is a tragedy. And, and you know, any amount of people dying is a tragedy in this kind of way. It was a terrible, terrible mistake. But, like, yeah, the idea that just, like, America's taking charge of yeah. the whole situation. Yeah. The <laughs> like, presumption that it's like, oh, yeah. no, this is now our thing this to do. This is us. Yeah, this is us. We're, we're coming in now. This is, you know, <sighs> our jurisdiction. The whole world. Well, yeah. And, and I think also, like, and I made a note at the beginning, it's like, do they ever actually note that, like, actually the USA shot down an Iranian airliner? <laughs> I think it gets brought up at one point toward, like, the very end, someone mentioned... I think the Iranian guy, when the, the Iranian diplomat guy, when they're talking to him, he's like, you know, this is, like, what happened with, like, Flight 266 or whatever, yeah. I, I think. Which is which is uh, clearly, but, like, oh, we, we, we definitely, we deliberately shot this oh, yeah. plane down. And, like, and, and, like and, and didn't apologize or anything. Yeah, like, no, in, in fact, and, we probably, not like, only that, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you for asking for an apology. Yeah, 274 <laughs> dead civilians on that plane, no problem. But, oh, six yeah. dead Americans, oh. Yeah, it's time time for Iraq War 3.0. Jesus. So. All right, uh, let's take yeah. a break, and then we'll come back and we'll discuss the other subplot, which is uh, dealing with Christopher Lloyd's character and a new constitution being written. So the non-Iran related part of the episode is mostly devoted to special guest star Christopher Lloyd, uh, who shows up playing real man, real actual man, Lawrence Lessig, uh, who is a professor. Yeah, so Lawrence Lessig is is and was a professor at basically at at Harvard. He's done a bunch of stuff. Um, He's... He's a real weirdo, and I think like the notes that I, <laughs> the notes that I took are he's he's an er liberal in that he is a lawyer and he has disappeared. He's a con law lawyer, right? He's basically disappeared so far up his own arguments that like he's just quintessential. Like I will say enough words at you until I make no point whatsoever, but you're confused and stop whatever argument you're having. Right. So he shows up, Christopher Lloyd shows up in the very early beginning, and this is the reason Bartlett stays up late, is that he's like, oh, is that Lawrence Lessig? And, like, kind of fanboys out about him. <laughs> I just, and he's like, oh, my... I can only he's imagine like, oh the people God. who knew who Lawrence Lessig was in 2005 would, like, be watching this show and be like, no, it's not. Because, <laughs> again, like, he's a real person who yeah. does these yeah, things. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Yeah, that it's very strange. They could have just made him a fictional guy, but whatever. They're rolling with it. And so, yeah, he's he's like, oh, Mr. President, I would love to sit up with you late to discuss the various types of constitutions that there are. And and Bartlett's like, oh, this sounds like a grand we, old we time. We shall let do us, the important us, things. 
Right. Let let us sit and converse as men do. Yeah, um. And, and like they, the what's funny is so okay. In theory, this is what the show's all about, right? Like seeing how the sausage gets made. Like how does a new constitution get made? So they're writing but it for Belarus, actually... by the way. This is the what we haven't mentioned so far. Right. I'm. Yeah. We won't even get to that part yet. I'm just saying in the initial conversation, we're like, okay, let's see what an expert has to say about this. And they have him. They just have Bartlett be like, so, so what's in now? Is it bicameral <laughs> legislation still vogue? And like, this is what this is what consults as like in real in depth talk on the topic. <laughs> you can tell the writers rapidly hit. Like, the limit of their mm. understanding of these actual, like... And again, let's be clear, it's all academic, like, pablum. Right. But, so they're just like, right. hmm, shall we do some power separation? <laughs> <laughs> yes, big, big thinking. Yes. <laughs> it, it's uh, it's very they, they strange. They just go off, they go off to have a big thunk together, basically. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're doing a thunk face in the Roosevelt room. Please do not disturb. Yeah. No, the president will not. not be going to bed. <laughs> yeah so the um then they okay so then he's actually there because he's there to consult with the belarus guys who are uh played by uh the the top guy is and i i looked up the name uh elia baskin uh who is a great character actor who you may know as the landlord from the toby Maguire spider-man movies uh, or he was also second from, in charge what? in Air Force One to um, what's his name yeah. to um, everyone the terrorist the guy who plays James Gordon in the good Dark Knight movie um, oh uh, Dar- uh, Gary Gary to Gary Oldman's bad guy terrorist in Air Force One he's the yeah. second command guy <laughs> right so uh, he's he is like uh, head of delegation for Belarus he's not like the president or whatever but he's head of their like con they're creating a new constitution and uh, uh, Christopher Lloyd Lawrence Lessig is there to be, to just be the, he's the ultimate idea guy. Yeah. That's yeah, what he yeah. is. He doesn't, he doesn't do any work, but he's there to give you the ideas and then to let you do the work for him. Well, you know, so he just sits there and, and consults. He's, we're going to engage in some debate and discussion. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he is the ultimate D and D brained uh, in this episode, particularly because so Toby comes into the room and he's like, "Okay, so hey, how's it going?" And he's like, "Ah, we were just putting together an electoral college." And Toby's like, "Are you fucking kidding me? The electoral college is a goddamn nightmare." And like, American governance kind of sucks. Are you? And then they're like, "They're like, yes, we have been discussing that we need strong executives like you, like America." And Toby's like, "No, no," and it's just like, we get a little bit of old Toby coming back, where he's just like, "No, you should. It should be a parliament, and the executive should be weak as hell, and it should all be about legislation and popular, you know, reform and and all the supposedly quote unquote good, good liberal things." Uh, but, uh, but yeah, he's very anti-American form of government in the pitch meeting. Well, I think it's, it's fun. And in, frankly, this, uh, it's a correct take on it. And just like the, he makes a, a, it's an implicit comparison of the fact that a strong executive leads to brutal dictatorships. And, right. you know, we say that, oh, America was the exception, right? Right. And, and anybody who's listening to this is like, um... Maybe not, but ultimately, like the argument comes down, just like Toby. That's just like 
you know, that's some commie shit, Toby. Like, we got to think about today. The president needs broad sweeping powers. And the guy says, like, President Ilyches or whatever. <laughs> yeah, like, Ilyches is good man. Like, and, mm-hmm. you know, if you're only thinking a quarter mm-hmm. ahead of time, the president's still going to be in office. He needs all those sweeping powers. Right. Absolutely. Don't you want the trade deal to get Belarusian whatever? <laughs> yeah, whatever to go Belarus makes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so that kind of plot kind of goes nowhere. Although I do love that, like, Toby just comes in and like, just like, they're discussing their current constitution and they're like, yes, yes, strong executive. And Toby's like, no, do the exact opposite. And Christopher Lloyd just goes, well, we're in going to have some great discussion. I can tell. It's going to be a bracing afternoon for debating. (laughs) He's it's it's so good. Christopher I love Christopher no, he's, as he's, an actor. And he he hams the hell out of this uh this it, part too. So he's good. all over he's, it. He's basically Doc Brown yeah, or and much. or Professor Plum. <laughs> it, it is very much like played for comedy almost. Almost. It's like just just a dial beyond or below that. And then so the other thing that we want to mention is that the, apparently, as a tradition, I think I forget if we had this happen in an episode before in season two or three, where they bring the Miss America girl. I think they did. Yes, that was it. Was a different like contest before. though. It was a similar right. phenomenon, Miss Universe or something. Yeah. But the, either way, they're bringing like a Miss America girl who who won to the White House to like have her interview with Toby or whatever it is they do, and this is an excuse to like make a couple very dumb sitcom gags about like. Oh, all the men come by to Toby's office to, like, look at the pretty girl. Because, like, uh-oh, a pretty girl. We've never seen that well, before. So I think what's the, the what's actually kind of the, the show is showing its entire ass the time it's doing this. Because basically they put this woman who is Miss Universe. She's representing the nation of Bhutan and won the contest and so therefore gets to talk to. They put her on CJ's schedule, so the chief of staff is assigned to, you know, do an interview or, like, a press appearance with the Miss Universe winner. And CJ's just like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, absolutely not. I have better things to do with my time than talk with the Miss Universe off on Toby. winner. So she dumps it off on Toby. And it only gets worse from there because, A, why does Miss Universe get to do a turnaround but... B also like how many how many waves of feminism are we on here CJ because <laughs> yeah. theoretically you know she's she's yas queen in here you know she's she's bringing her issue to the halls of power and that is a wave you know unfortunately based on what again what wave you're on she is utilizing her physical attractiveness to push her thoughts on and I think the issue is is gene sequencing <laughs> yes yeah like my, my, micro dna gene sequencing which is or something like that super is topical in 2022 <laughs> yeah i uh, yeah appropriate so um they dump her off on toby and toby is just like why is this woman in my office toby himself doesn't do like the horny thing no He's, yeah, he's not, he's not, but Ed and Larry come by and they're like, oh, 
and they're just like anime sweat, like nose nose drop blood kind of shit. Although bringing Margaret by, yeah, so they bring Margaret by to see the hot girl, which is very a very nice subtle touch. You know, that's fine. Yeah, (laughs) that's 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 cute, and I like that bit. But yeah, it's a little, it's just like a little too much, and it's just very okay. The real part where it gets gross is so okay. First off, we have to talk about the TikTok. Yes. Oh, you, oh, you mean you mean the service to display short videos on your phone? Uh, no, I mean the TikTok, aka what the press calls the president's schedule. You dummy! <laughs> Haven't you heard of that before? God damn it! <laughs> we don't call it a schedule or an itinerary. We call it a TikTok because the press is apparently four years old and needs a cookie and nap. <sighs> so there's a, like, a, and apparently, for God's sake, like, we had an event with the governor this weekend, and Emma literally used the word TikTok to describe the schedule. And I was so, like, oh, it is, it is uh, apparently a thing. It is legitimately yeah. a term that is used. It, it's just really funny in a time capsule sense, because yep. they're all screaming about, about TikTok. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that all just plays a lot different in 2022. <laughs> uh, but yeah, a reporter is wants the minute by minute to schedule schedule of where the president was during the the plane shooting down crisis and uh, and to distract him from this request because they think it will make them look bad because like he took a nap or something uh so to distract the reporter uh annabeth brings the reporter to the miss universe lady and then the reporter goes like oh we want a girl and And oh my gosh i love gene sequencing arrays (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and then, like, and completely forgets about doing his, like, hit piece about the president taking a nap or whatever, and this is how they get out of that particular jam. So, and I, I just wrote this out, so, like, aside from how it is a convenient and cheeky and charming way to, like, help out the main characters here, it's just gross and horny, like, it is... It's bad, especially because they they choose to. They choose to hammer it home by having Leo stop by unnecessarily, kind of leer into the office and go, I used to love this time of year. It's just like, (laughs) ah, fuck, Jesus Christ, fuck you, dude. Uh, It was bad enough already, but you just had to push it like that. We have to make it that much more explicit. Like, ew, God. It's. Yeah, it's it's just male gaze, and, well, and the show is not completely uncritical about it. Let, let's be clear, speaking of male gaze, you and I both had the same reaction, where it's just like, guys, it's just a reasonably physically attractive Attra- woman. Attractive, yeah, it's you, not like... It, uh, like, <laughs> you, you are, I, let's be honest, you are surrounded by them every day in the show. Yeah. CJ, yeah. Kate Harper, Annabeth, it's, fucking Abby, it's, all of these women. It's TV. Like, it's Everyone TV, is everyone's good looking. Everyone's good looking. They don't <laughs> let ugly people on unless, like, the whole episode is about how ugly they are. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, they're just, like, gobsmacked at, like, oh, oh, pretty girl. It's like, yeah, I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's just... It, ultimately, I, it's, it's, it's... It's too sitcom-y yes. for the show. Yeah. For, for a show that's supposed to be a little bit more serious, a little bit more about politics. I get you want to have comedy moments, and, you know, I've praised plenty of them on this show, but this is just, like, too... Trying to be too cute. Yeah, it's, it's unsophisticated in the way that they go about it, where you would, you would, you would think that there would be some additional level of either manipulation or some sort of relationship 
that is complicated by I, I don't know sexual attraction or some, sort, or some of, sort of some sort of unpacking of it or yes. turning it on its head or questioning it or just something rather than just running with it purely uncritically of like haha men like hot girl yeah and then nothing ha- like nothing gets done like Leo comes it. in and does it yeah. and that's it it's just like oh okay so we're it. done with this and now. and and they and Annabeth successfully uses her as a distraction tactic to and they end up releasing the TikTok anyway well which is so and they attempt it. This is me, again, galaxy braining about this, but, like, they attempt to soften the blow by making an explicit thing out of the fact that it's Valentine's Day. Yeah. Like, I... I guess. Like, okay, uh, fine. Sure. But also, like... like, If there's one day you can get away with that kind of thing. Yeah, like, that's the implication. Exactly, yeah. Sure, sure. Like, love is in the air kind of thing. Okay, fine. It's cute or whatever. But it's still very uncritically done yeah and it just in the end it's just wolf howl <laughs> like yeah yeah it's just like they all turned into tex avery wolves. yes exactly oh. uh but yeah i think that mostly wraps up our thoughts on this episode thanks as always for listening everyone we love to see your comments in either one of our threads or if you found the show another way like twitter or facebook or something hi hello welcome and you can email the show if you'd like at the worst wing 69 at gmail.com Nice. Woo, Tex Avery. Which is always nice. (laughs) I used to love I used to love this time of year. God damn it. (laughs) So I would like to actually say before we wrap up, we're we're doing a postscript here. I we've been talking a lot about, especially in the context of COVID, how you know people are just like once people catch COVID, they seem to be much less or much more cavalier about catching it again and so people have drawn the comparison with like the cordyceps type fungus that basically makes ants go crazy and try to seek out other ants so it seeks it out from what i understand the nation of bhutan was a primary source and like for a while a large portion of their like export gdp was made up of a type of cordyceps fungus that was prized in Chinese medical practices as an aphrodisiac. <laughs> and I'm how sitting here topical. I'm sitting here reading being like how on earth are these connections coming together? But basically, much like all of Chinese medicine, you'll be surprised that because it kind of looks like a dick, it's an you aphrodisiac. Think it helps your dick. Yeah. I just, I would love to make those kind of connections in my day-to-day life. That's great. If that's how things worked, we would be, I don't know, I feel like there would be a lot more, like, good things happening in society. (laughs) But it grows on fucking caterpillars in the ground. You have to, like, like harvest these fields and kill everything Mm -hmm, in its mm -hmm. path. Anyway. Yeah, the the Last of Us is all about cordyceps zombies. Yes, exactly. The zombies that are, are from the cordyceps fungus. So... Anyway, yeah, the more it's you funny know. how all these Bhutan connections and the West Wing <laughs> always remains topical in this weird time capsule way. It's, it's a fascinating show. So anyway, um, all right. that's about it for us. Bye-bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. Y'all stay safe. Bye. I'll send all the money you ask for But don't ask me to come on along So love me, love me, love me 